You've reached Hoop and Holler, a Square One podcast. I had to go to CBA school, salary cap school, and tampering school. Can't say, hey, I want you to come to the Lakers, even though I'm going to be wink- winking like. <laughs> On basketball and other shenanigans. I mean, good for you. I mean, you probably won't get hired by, you know, ESPN anytime soon. Because <laughs> you don't have that clutch connection. I have a job to do. With Reagan Griffin Jr. Reagan, you're the best. I said, hey, I said, hey, yo, Jermichael, he turns around. I'm like, you know Lakers coming for that ass this year, right? Uh-huh. Eddie Sun. Some voters just like to be contrarian, you know, whether it's for clicks, whether it's for just because they like to be contrarian. Yes, you do. That's true. I feel like Eddie going to be the type to be like, MVP, James Harden. We're not against rap. We're not against rappers. But we are against those. Analytics. The analytics. And Julio Martinez. Braun just frustrates me sometimes. Mm. Like, okay. You've been hyping up this game. Obviously, it's a big game. He he looks juiced for it. Bro, just score the ball. Everybody just thinks I'm a hater. That is blasphemous. And and, and you know what's that reminiscent of? That was, you know, MVP Steph season. Oh, right? here we go. He was getting here we go. Game. All right, y'all. It's been a he great episode. Fourth quarter. But at, when it boils down, like, that's what we're here for is the yeah. basketball ball. Welcome back to Hoop and Holler. I'm your host, Eddie Sun, joined by the usual suspects, Julio and Reagan. And also, a friend of the pod, Cam Lewis, is on with us today for this special episode. Um, we'll cover the Lakers beating the Nuggets in their playoff series, as well as the Heat defeating Boston in their playoff matchup, and finally wrapping it up with some predictions for the finals. But first, I have to ask Julio, you ran into Bill Nye at a Trader Joe's? I did. I did. What's the I story did. behind that? Bro, I mean, I was just in line, and bro was just in line, too. Tall, skinny, white dude with, you know. Okay, well, our... I've seen like 60 people like that this week. You no, gotta, no, are we no. sure it was Bill Nye? Because he had to have a mask on, right? I'll that, yeah, yeah I'll, put that, I'll put that on. Not on my life, but... I, I was like 99% sure. Was he holding a, uh, what do they call those? A things? flask. Oh, was he holding a flask or a, uh, <laughs> no, a, a or Bunsen wearing, burner, perhaps? Or, they... or wearing a, a, a scientific, I don't know. Some flask. goggles, man. You got to give me something. That he was carrying no, some liquid nitrogen. But he, I mean, he's pretty distinguishable. That's true. That's true. Mm, I don't know. And bro, I mean, bro's like six, I don't know, six, four. Is he that tall? Damn, he's he's really in the wrong lab, bro. Right. <laughs> he's in the wrong lab. Put that man in the league. League him, bro. League him. Anyways. All right, let's talk about the Lakers. And I have three Lakers fans on this pod. And yeah. I feel like Draymond <laughs> going up. fast break, you know, got to defend three people at once. But I guess I'll, I'll give the floor to you guys first. What's, you know, the feelings? Like, surprise, just proud. Surprised. I don't know. Like, what? Like what? what what's the overall feeling? Surprised. Y'all surprised? No, I mean, not surprised with, you know, our path, but, it, it, you know, I, I am surprised overall that we made it because I had the Clippers all year long. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it feels it feels really good. It feels really good to, to be back in the finals after 10 years. Last time we were in the finals, I watched the finals from Guatemala. So, mm. man, it, I, I, remember, I remember that time, and I went to the parade, and, but let's not think about that now. We we got to stay locked in. So locked in. How about you, Cam? Um, I'm I'm normal. I mean, this is 
it's what I expect. I'm a That's Laker cap, fan. bro. You was all you was talking all that noise on social media, brother. He said, "I'm ready." <laughs> We're gonna get to that, but like honestly, I just feel normal. Like these are my Lakers. This is kind of what we're known for like oh, we win championships so we go to finals but i do have something to say to some people to some haters right you know that thought that this this day would never come but i mean it's normal this is what the lakers do we we fall off for a little bit we dominate the league and just repeats itself over and over again. So. Yeah, Cam, you, yeah, you, you added me on Twitter, man. You was like, Reagan, let me on the pod. I got something to say. So this is this, this the platform, man. Use it. Use it. So, you know, I'm a diehard Laker fan. So every day at school, I was the joke of every class. Mm. But, you know, I'm just looking at the roster starting in, what, 2013? First time we missed the playoffs. I mean, just some of these names. Kent Bazemore, Marshall Brooks, Jordan Farmer again <laughs> in 2013-14. Good times. Manny Harris. <laughs> Manny Harris. Xavier Henry. We watched 82 games of Wesley Johnson. And Ryan Kelly. Don't forget about Ryan Kelly. Hey, Ro- Ryan Robert Saker, bro. Kendall Marshall. Kendall Marshall. These are the people that I had to watch year in and year out. Jody Meeks. Jody Meeks. Hey, he was, was hooping. Jody Meeks was hooping. That was my Duncan Robert. Jody Meeks? He was hooping, bro. Bro got a, bro got a quick release. Yeah. He was and hooping. No, but, no, but was the starting shooting guard for the Los Angeles Lakers. Mm. Not the Clippers. Yeah. The Lakers. Embarrassing, bro. Yeah, I, I mean, I second what Cam says because, I mean, uh, you know, a lot of fans just hop on to the new dynasty and w- whatever the case may be. But, you know, uh, not, not all Laker fans obviously are like this, but, you know, we're, we stuck by, yeah. by every that, single team that we put out there. Bro, I that's had a Dwight Howard jersey that I'm pretty sure is in a dumpster somewhere. But I had bought a Dwight Howard jersey because I was thinking, okay, we ready for the next one. We ready for the next move. But we had to sit through the Mike D'Antoni years, the Byron Scott years. Oh God! Hell, I'll even throw the um the Luke Walton Walton. years in there. Yeah, all 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 those years was hot hot garbage, hot garbage. But it was only like twelve months ago that we were (laughs) we were dealing with Magic and (laughs) Luke and all of that. It wasn't that long ago, but I just like Julio said, like you know the fans hop on these these new dynasties are supposedly dynasties, like you know like the Clippers who were supposed to run LA like the last eight nine years and have not even seen the conference finals <laughs> and we've been back and made the final set so I mean I don't know I know you guys talked about the Clippers and all the funny stuff that they've done this season but you know I just want everybody to know the Lakers are back probably not going anywhere for a little while we have Clutch on our side so I mean Ben Simmons Trey Young somebody else Ben Simmons Trey Young bro come on through Trey Young somebody's coming so I mean <laughs> If you don't like the Lakers and you know you've been dreading this day, it's going to be yourself. I hope it's those type of guys and not Tristan Thompson and J.R. Smith. You know, <laughs> I know we already have J.R. Smith, but you know those type of guys. I Let mean, those guys celebrate their last four games as Lakers, because you know, and, and it, it doesn't it doesn't bother it, it doesn't bother me that you know we're we're celebrating. Uh, but J.R. Smith is over here, you know, and he's like he's like parting the most. 
he's celebrating the most, and I'm just like chill. Bro. There, there are certain guys on the Lakers roster that I feel like are solely there to bring energy. At this point, Javale's one of them because we really use Dwight more than we use Javale at this point. Yeah. Uh, Jared Dudley is like Loki, just a veteran energy. Jr. Straight energy. Dion Waiters is straight energy. They just bring the vibe. They just bring the vibe to the bench, and I'm cool with it. I'm cool with it, man. Pay money, bring the vibes. Everybody else a hoop. I was just saying that Jared Dudley is basically like the Twitter fingers for the Lakers whole squad. Whenever something's going on or we're trying to pump up LeBron's MVP campaign or Lakers Twitter and Zach Kuzma's neck, Jared Dudley's always the Twitter fingers to come and, you know, whatever narrative the Lakers team wants out there, that's what Jared Dudley's there for and to bring the energy. I guess this is what I don't understand. And it's like, I'm happy for like all the, you know, Lakers fans out there that's like wrote it through since, you know, to, uh, to 2010 or whatever. But like, there's really no reason for Lakers fans to be putting a struggle aesthetic out there. Like, you guys are some sort of impoverished yes, franchise. Yes, there is. Yes, there is. I bet you, okay. have a different expectation than other franchises. I'm just saying, for all the tweets that are like, oh, it's been 10 years, we deserve this. I bet you the average, like, amount of years it takes for no. a team to go to the finals and back is more we than know, 10 years. But that's our expectation. I don't, I don't even think it's about the amount of years. It's the things that were said within those years. Like the way that the media and everybody treated Kobe on his way out. The way that everybody talked about the Lakers for giving Kobe his lifetime achievement contract. Like the popping up of the Clippers and boosting them with Blake Griffin and Chris Paul before they could do anything. It it was just all of that combined. It was just, you know, the Lakers can't develop young talent. The Lakers, this. They can't attract us on the white side. It was just. To be fair. It was everything. We can't develop young talent. (laughs) That's much has been proven. I don't think we can do that very well. I don't think the front office with Jim Buss and Mitch Kupchak can, but the front office that we had the last two years, I, I think we can. Like you, like, look around, you look around the league, like a lot of guys that are really good players for playoff teams and non-playoff teams come from the Lakers. Well, yeah. you, here, here's my theory on it, right? Uh, and, and this is kind of going off into a tangent, so... I don't think that young talent flourishes in L.A. not because of what they're doing down there per se, but just the pressure that comes with being a Los that's, Angeles. That's not the organization's fault. I don't that's think so either. I, I just think that Los Angeles is not an environment conducive for, or the Lakers specifically is not an environment conducive to I develop young talent. I, I mean, I guess like ideally we can say that, but even for like all of the top guys that we've drafted, there was like some big story with that person, like. With D'Angelo Russell, it was, you know, it was Kobe's last year, so everything was surrounded around Kobe. So mm-hmm. there wasn't a real development. Byron Scott was there. And then Brandon Ingram got there, and it was, he was supposed to be this next KD. But everyone knew he needed time to develop, going to his body. And then Lonzo, it was just so much hype of him coming from L.A., being at UCLA, and everybody thought he was going to be, like, this number one option type of guy, and it just wasn't his game. But, like, we've hit on Kuzma, Jordan Clarkson, Larry Nance, all those guys found like great roles in yeah, LA yeah. and just went somewhere else and expanded. I guess I'm just thinking this is like everything that's been said about the Lakers since, uh, let's say, 2012 when they, you know, tried to do the whole Nash Kobe Dwight thing. You know, like whether it was like about the mismanagement or whether it was about, you know, bad contracts or, you know, bad, bad front office. Like, sure, it might be amplified because it's the Lakers, but, like, none of that stuff was really untrue, right? Like, you can't really say some of that stuff was, like, But you false. cannot admit that y'all didn't revel in it, though. It was right. it was it, reveled in. You, you guys enjoyed it, seeing the Lakers down. And even, 
even though it, a lot of it may have been true, I'm just going to be honest. We don't want to hear that, especially when <laughs> we make the NBA. Like, there's no NBA without Facts. the Lakers being good. Facts. Like, you can have out. I love stuff. I love Clay Durant. Like, that run was cool, but the NBA much rather have the Lakers on TV. Oh, yeah. Period. I mean, Adam Silver knows that. I mean, like, my whole and, thing is... Oh, go ahead, Cam. We're, we're the Cowboys of the NBA. We just win. Ooh, don't say that to me. Don't say that to me. Don't, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. I'm sorry. Our fan base is aggravated. Like, we're going to hold on to the past, but we just have a presence. So I guess we're not totally down, but I mean, like, we're just irritating. Like, we feel like we run the NBA, which, I mean, we do, but... I mean, I understand, man, but, like, some of the tweets about, like, oh, we've suffered so much the last 10 years, like... You, like you gotta, you gotta give me this. You know, you gotta give me this one championship run. Like but again, that, that's that, that's that's relative to our expectations and our norms. Uh, what you know, my norm, like growing up when I was born, literally that year, we we won, we knocked off three straight championships. Then you know, in my early childhood years, two more. So I, I'm used to seeing the Lakers winning. You know, and and that's what I meant when you guys asked me how I feel like. Like, it's been a while, so obviously I'm excited, but this is normal. Like, I'm a Laker fan. I don't expect anything less than championship appearance after championship appearance. But for me, it's also been so sweet because even from the moment we've got LeBron and before, it's just, like, been a lot of Lakers hate, a lot of Lakers sliding. Like, Stephen A. Smith, a bunch of these guys, like, after the Clippers losses, you know, bashing the Clippers and, like, you know, talking about Paul George. I'm like, you people are the same people that had the Clippers beating the Lakers, like, Talking about you were worried about the Lakers on TV and, you know, the Lakers offense, just defense, that, and we're the last team left. I mean, I, I mean, I'll be honest. I didn't think the Lakers were winning the whole thing, too, because of the Clippers. But at the same time, it's like this is what the league is, right? Like in a normal in normal circumstances, the league has a lot of parity. It's not always going to be the Warriors just running the whole thing. And it's like if you have two of the top five players in the NBA and you have the top two talents that are uh, uncomparable to any other top two around the league it's like can you really go out and, and you know pretend like every like no one saw this coming like this was some sort of cinderella story like, well i don't think anyone's treating it like a cinderella i think story. i think yeah, people are obviously we try, to tell, we try to tell people the whole season like and that, that's that's, that's where i think the, the 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 kind of gloating lies right is the yeah. fact that People found every reason to say, and I'm going to admit, I did not think the Lakers were going to win either. Uh, I, I wasn't sure about the bench. Uh, I wasn't sure that the rotational players were going to be able to uphold their end of the bargain. But, you know, that's the analyst in me. The fan in me saw, you know, people pointing out every reason why the Lakers wouldn't be able to do X, Y, and Z. Even before we got Anthony Davis, people were in my ear, right. Lakers can't get Anthony Davis. They don't have the pieces to get Anthony Davis. Once we get Anthony Davis, all the mess between Anthony Davis, and, like, you know, every step along the way, people love to find reasons why they won't. And that's because they're the Los Angeles Lakers. People don't want to see that team ascend to the peak because no one wants to. It's, it's easy to punch up, right? People like to punch up. I mean, like, that's fair. That's fair. Is people, it that, though? Because, I mean, like... Let's be real. The Lakers really kind of, I mean, for part of my French, fucked around and you know landed the two top like two top talents in the NBA, right? It's like there was no business for LeBron to be there except that you know it's in Hollywood, and there's no business. I mean, there's really no business for AD to be there except for you know the agency connection and and they even then to be Lakers. That's yeah. cool, but like you understand why people feel a way about that, right? And it's not even because their disrespect. team doesn't have the history that the Lakers have. I'm saying like it's yeah, not exactly. it's not disrespect. It's just like there's you know but an this, air of this like isn't like 
like I understood when people were upset about like Golden State because we've never seen anything like that. But this is normal. Like the Lakers go and get big stars all the time. Like we I don't just, deal with Paul Georges and you know like Kawhi Leonard. Like we go get big name guys, like superstars and duos, and that's just how the league has always worked. I guess, I mean, no, you're right. Like, the Lakers go after the big fish. But it's not just that the Lakers have their name attached to it that people are hating on. Like, hating on. It's that, like, the Lakers didn't do a lot of things right for many years and still managed to end up with, you know, two of the top talents in the league when for a lot of other teams in the league. Right. But 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 that's because of our history and what we did in the past. Thank you. Thank you. We we, We had to draft Kobe. We had to draft Magic. We had to, you know, do a bunch of great things to get to this point for people to want to come here. I'm just saying, like, like, I'm just saying, like, you're saying, like, you know, we got here, we didn't do, like, you know, a bunch of things right, but let's just, for the sake of this argument, say if the Clippers have done more things right than us, you say that we have Hollywood, I mean, the Clippers do too. It's not the city that's the attraction, it's the brand. Like, no, I mean, you're right. It's just, I mean, folk, like, folks care about, you know, the recent, and it's like, of course, like, the Lakers have the brand attached to it, but, like, yeah, I don't know. You can't tell me that people can't feel a type of way that the Lakers somehow got Braun and AD, and that's the reason why they're at this point, without, you know, doing the stuff that we normally talk about when we talk about winning I mean, but what, what did the Clippers really do to get to that point? I mean, to be fair, like, they yeah. had a whole new ownership and they, you know, reinstituted a whole new, like, team culture. And it's ironic that all of it came crumbling I mean, down too. on them. And that's but why everyone we found did that funny. Too. Once, once Jim Bucks and Kupchak left, Genie came in and Magic and Rob came in. That was the turnaround. But, like, I mean. but come on. Like, the whole Magic Rob thing up until you said it last year was <laughs> was not great. Like, you know, that whole situation really wasn't good. It wasn't, but it still got us LeBron. Like, I mean, like even acquiring AD, like, didn't Rob not even realize that they had to clear out like more cap space or something for like the trade kicker? Like, I mean, yeah, but some minor thing. Like, all that coming out your mouth right now is haterade. I hear I'm strictly haterade right now. It's haterade, 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 and I could see if you were a Charlotte Hornets fan and you were somehow festering right in your hatred because you're in Charlotte and you can't get shit. But you're a Warriors no, fan, I'm just man. Saying, you're a goddamn warrior. You got fucking no, no, Kevin no. Durant added on to a 73 and 19. Do not talk to us about privilege because y'all know it as well as we Not as well as we do, but you know it better than most teams in the NBA, man. You've lived in privilege over the past couple of years. Let us have our moment, man. They don't want the Lakers fans to have a moment. Here's my thing. The reaction is going to reciprocate the action. So as much hate as people give to the Lakers, that's as much celebration as you're going to get from Lakers fans. This energy is just yeah. a reciprocation of hatred, man. It's a reciprocation of hatred, and I can't, I can't be mad at it. People were on TV <laughs> telling, telling us, the audience, that LeBron James and Davis would miss the playoffs. Like, were they? Like, I mean, there were, there I didn't hear that one. That the Lakers wouldn't win. There's like a, a whole like minute and thirty. Second, I mean, a minute and 30 second video of just ESPN analysts saying, like, you know, the Lakers could miss the playoffs and on uh, Fox and everything. Mm. And it was like some ESPN index. Um, it says who will win the NBA title. Oh, yeah. ESPN I mean, I saw that. Like, I mean, the, the ESPN. It was Lakers with 0%. Like, the 76ers were voted, but not the Lakers. I'm just like, the, the ESPN models are some trash and, like, I don't know. Like, like people who do predictive stuff, like, know that. But I'm just saying, it's not disrespect. For me to say, 
oh, like I had the Clippers winning over the Lakers because I like I thought the Clippers were more talented. But it's like at the same time, like the way the league is this year with, with so much parity, like if someone said the Clippers, if someone said the Bucks, um, if someone said, who, you know, like whatever, even the Sixers, because people were hyping them up before the season. Like, it's not disrespect. Like, you guys still have LeBron and AD. Like, this is what's supposed to happen. No, man. It's not even about just picking. Like, if you pick the Clippers, that's fine. We're still going to show you about that because, you know, the Clippers didn't even get to the third round. But it's just like every slight leading up to the moment of getting LeBron James. Like, even getting Anthony Davis. Like, there was all this talk about, you know, how good are you? Lonzo was or how bad Brandon Ingram was and was he reaching his potential and they wouldn't want this guy in this trade package and then the minute that they leave it's like all these young guys are amazing again it was just like really like Ingram he the stuff that he did this year he did the second half last season but now that he's in New Orleans and he's out of LA he doesn't have a Lakers jersey on now you realize how good Brandon Ingram is boom he won't get good out of anywhere like I mean, I the just... same player. It's the same <laughs> player. I've been saying this. Literally the same player. All he did was improve catch and shoot three pointers. He's literally the same. Brandon Ingram's one of the best scores in the. He's the same player. He's the same player. I guess. I mean, I don't want to harp on this for too long. He, but like... he didn't even have a chance to to like work with his game last offseason because he was hurt. He got cleared like a month before the season started. Can like, I can I ask you this, Eddie? Big I want to I want to ask you this, Eddie. Were you rooting against the Lakers? Yes, he was. Of course, yeah. I, I want to ask Eddie. I want to ask Eddie. I want to ask. Eddie. I mean, no. I wanted to. I wanted to. I wanted to see Denver in the finals. Sure. Cause were I were, were you rooting against the Lakers? It's a yes or no question. Yes. There it is. Yeah. There it is, and that's why you see the celebration. But I mean, like, we are not equals here. If you guys can recognize your privilege, right? You guys recognize that the Lakers are above and beyond everybody else. Privilege? No, 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 I'm saying like you guys know as Lakers fans that the Lakers are above and beyond every other franchise in the NBA. So like, I'm saying it's not the same here. It's like one thing's punching up, the other thing is punching down. Like you can't be punching down, but everyone else can be punching up. You know, I'm just saying that's how this works. So are we just not allowed to be happy for our team? I'm saying if you guys really think you guys are better than everyone else, then it's like, well, then we really belong here. And like Cam said, you feel normal. And I think that's what it's supposed to be. So all this like, oh, this past 10 years has been so like struggle, like, man. like But okay, who who, who is this this coming from though? Because I don't feel like I've been like that. I mean, it comes from at underscore underscore uh, KLU2 on Twitter. <laughs> like, <laughs> called you out, bro. But this is funny because I'm going to tell Eddie this. Bro, the fact that you knew there were two underscores before the K is kind of wild. He didn't say at underscore KLU. He didn't say at KLU. He said at underscore underscore KLU. He knows your Twitter. That, that means I'm tweeting it too much. <laughs> but I promise you to save this podcast episode because he's asking these questions. And I'm going to be right there with him. But see, next year, after everyone's talked about how great of a shooter Dame is from this side on the court, when Stephen Curry comes back next year, Eddie's going to be doing the same exact thing that I'm doing. I promise you. Mm. I promise mm. you. You know what? I promise you. I can't say you're wrong. I can't say you're wrong, Ken. But <laughs> I, I mm, and is that is that punching up? That's not punching up when it's talking about Portland Trailblazers and the Damian Lillard, man. I mean, it's the Warriors. Warriors were trash for like 50 years. Oh, no, 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 no. Y'all done had Wilt. Y'all done had, like, no, 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 no. That we cannot do. All right. I mean, okay. You're talking about privilege. The Warriors have had the most privilege in life If If we're, if we, if the Lakers are Jeff Bezos, y'all are like Donald Trump. 
Whoa. Yeah, I said it. Whoa. Yeah, I said it. Whoa. Yep. Wow. In, in terms of fiscal like worth, I'm not talking about in terms of ideology. Oh. Oh. I mean, uh, okay. <laughs> I don't. Know. It's hard not to attach the eye. Okay, let me. If we're <laughs> Jeff Bezos, y'all are. Uh, who's another rich Elon Musk? Dude? Elon Musk, Musk for sure. Silicon Valley or something. Yeah, yeah, that that makes more sense. Uh, yeah. Mark Zuckerberg, y'all. Are I, Mark Zuckerberg. I mean, okay. But, but, but as as happy as I am as a Lakers fan, obviously right now there is you know jobs not finished as I alluded you know as I was ending my my little spiel. Uh, jobs not finished, so I mean we can't be like too happy right now. I'll feel you and. How about this? Just because we've talked about the Lakers for like 20 minutes now, let's just throw it to Denver. And I think in one way, like Denver, if, if they made the conference finals and lost in five games and we told them like and we told people like that's what was going to happen. I don't think that many people would be like utterly shocked. But at the same time, like this was a pretty shocking run because of the development of Jamal Murray, like you know above and beyond and then also like Jokic proving himself for the second straight year I think people can legit say that he's like a a a real good player like a real star and like a real playoff performer um what what do you guys think of Denver's future like do they have championship um not even expectations but can they just legit win like a chip in the next season or two even like given their developmental uh, developmental I, I, I I think they have championship outlooks, but again, I I always harp back onto this. I think their their best player, and it, this gives me more, you know, makes me more feel more comfortable about you know them uh, having a chance to move on and win a championship. But Jamal Murray or another you know wing perimeter oriented player needs to be their best player. Jokic cannot be their best player. He disappeared last three games, and. Jamal Murray, I mean, I, I mean, both of them were playing, you know, great through this bubble and, and through the postseason. But Jamal Murray, he he was that differentiating factor that really propelled them to that next step that I did not see them taking. And I admit that uh, I underestimated them. And um, I, I know a lot of people, like you said, Eddie, probably had them making uh, the conference, you know, finals at the beginning of the season or, you know, people wouldn't be be surprised but you know they took a real step in the bubble, and but but that's my thing. Jokic cannot be your number one player. It needs to be Jamal Murray or another you know wing perimeter oriented player. Julio, do you think AD can be the best player on a championship team? Best player to the casual fan, or best player like how I see it? Because I, I, I mean, suppose I how you how you would the see Lakers it. are the best are at their best when AD is the best player to the casual fan. You know, he's scoring the most points. He's super aggressive on offense. And he, he, you know, he's playing defense. But in my mind, I still see LeBron orchestrating everything and attacking when he needs to be and finishing the, off the game. Because close games. Because big guys, in my opinion, just, you know, it's hard to trust them late in games. And that's what's most important in, in the playoffs. When the game slows down late in the game, games are going to be close. So to the casual fan, yes. But to me, no. I don't know. I'm kind of out on the idea that a big can't be your best player on a championship team so long as that big is diversely skilled, right? Um, And there are a few guys like that in the league. I consider AD, Jokic, um, 
Joel Embiid's on the cusp. I'm not quite sure. It, it would take. It would take. I'd have to see a little bit more from Joel Embiid before I'd put him in that conversation. I'd have to see a little bit more from Cat. But between jo- between Jokic and AD, I definitely think those two guys could be the best player on a championship team because their games are so diverse, right? When we talk about when the game slows down, Jokic got about the slowest game in the league, right? And but the dude still manages to make the difficult shots. He sees the the floor very well in those moments, and he's been a pretty solid clutch performer. Maybe not particularly in these. Yeah, uh, in the Bro, last series, Bro disappeared but, in the last three games. Yeah, in the last three games of that sample size, perhaps. But I mean, he's been so he's been a pretty clutch player over the course of his career. I've seen him hit a lot of clutch shots and make clutch plays, regardless of whether it's making the shot or making the right pass. So, um, I do think that Jokic can be the best player on that team, and they can still win a championship so long as Jamal Murray is, like you said, supporting him in the moments where it might be. You know, you're defended by Anthony Davis. It's a little bit more difficult to get some stuff off when, when you'd rather go to Jamal Murray, but. Um, I, I think it's contingent on Michael Porter Jr. and his his how he develops over the coming years, man. Because if I'm he, not depending on him at all, <laughs> I mean, I think he can be a baller, man. The dude can be a baller. I, I saw it in high school, and I was concerned about the back, but he seems like he's all good to go on that front, man. If that dude develops in, and he doesn't have to become a superstar, but if he can become a Kind of the level that Jamal Murray was at prior or the way that we view Jamal Murray prior to these playoffs, right? Because he stepped into kind of that of the cusp of superstardom after these playoffs. How we viewed him before, if Michael Porter Jr. can ascend to that level of player, I think this this Denver Nuggets team will definitely be a problem. So you would prefer that. Would you prefer that or trading a bunch of pieces to get Bradley Beal? Why is it always Bradley Beal with you, man? <laughs> Bradley Beal's the perfect wing. I don't. I know, but like, I'm not sure Bradley Beal's going anywhere, man. I, I'm. I feel like Washington might have dealt him by now if he was going somewhere. Yeah, they want to keep those guys together for a little bit. I would but, definitely get I mean, Bradley Beal, but like, okay. I don't okay. think Bradley Beal is like. I, I'm not sure if that's an option. I'm no, I, I just really wanted to get your outlook on, uh, like the Nuggets' future and. You know, if if they can win a championship with the team that they have now, I mean, because I don't think so. Part of me thinks that you just gotta keep Michael Porter and see what happens because he's too good of a talent to pass up on now. Even if he might be a head case sometimes. Um, you said Bradley Beal. I feel like Drew Holiday is a name that mm. would be really Drew great Holiday. for them. That I mean, that, that's another name. And that, they and perfect. they might not even have to give up Michael Porter in that deal. I mean, considering the age and the contract and all of that. Yeah. I mean, because, I mean, Murray, Porter, and Jokic would be a great core, but that's also a lot of holes on defense. And if you can get, you know, a veteran and a really good defender like Drew, who can, you know, like, do some of the stuff Gary Harris does, but a lot better, because Harris suddenly forgot how to shoot. I mean, I would, yeah, I would even be willing to let go MPJ and feel confident in having Grant as my wing, you know, defender. You would give up MPJ for Drew Holiday? if, If I get, if I get Drew Holiday in return. I'm not high on that dude. Why? MPJ's a Double hooper. High. He's a hooper, bro. Cam, Cam, yeah, what's your what's your thoughts on MPJ, man? He has to improve defensively. If not, it's just not gonna work. He has yeah. all the tools too, though. Like you know what I mean? I, I feel like he will. I, 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 Andrew Wiggins. Okay, it's not. Don't don't do that to him. Don't well, do that to if, him. If, if if that's the vibe that you get from him, then run the other way, please. <laughs> <laughs> please. <laughs> I, I'm not a Wiggins guy at all, but I will say this: I know we talk about this in the group message a lot that <laughs> Reagan feel like Julio has a problem with big guys. He does. But he does. 
Chubby, to be specific. I've been kind of leaning toward Julio's ideology since I've watched the playoffs this year. I, I do feel like Anthony Davis and Jokic can be your best player on a championship team, but they need a wing that's on the same level. Mm. So, like, or, or like a level under. So, whether oh, it's like a okay. Tatum. No, or, it's got to be the same level. Hmm. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, that's the only way, but like, just them, like a, a big with, I don't know who would be like a number two option. Jalen Brown. Out. Yeah, like a, like a regular option, or even like a, a McCullum or something. I just feel like, you know, that's, that's what you said. Julio, why do you yeah. hate all the players I like, man? I'm not, I, I, are they are they not skinny enough for you, huh? Is that it? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> no. I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I don't know. It'll be, it'll be funny to see what Denver does, though, because... They got like I know they got the Millsap and Plumley contracts coming off the books, and those are some you know veteran dudes that they can replace with like Jeremy Grant yes. that they want to re-sign. Um, they still have Will Barton who hasn't played all bubble, and, and he was like key for them. I'm I'm wondering whether they want to keep him or deal him because he was really good during would, the season. I would look to deal him for like another ideal wing, like like a three and D guy, like hmm. a legit one. Though. Interesting. Robert Covington trading places, <laughs> but oh poor God. Robert Covington, bro. But no, I mean, I think I think Denver is is built to succeed, especially because it looks like Jamal Murray can be that one B or that lead guard for them. Um, if if he didn't prove himself this bubble, then there would be a lot more questions. Because I think every team in the NBA, if you want to have championship aspirations, like you got to have someone who breaks down defenses consistently. And and Jamal looks like he finally figured that out. But I guess uh, let's throw it to the Boston Miami series, and Miami close out this series in six. And um, I don't know, like, you guys want to talk about this game or talk about the series, just takeaways in general? Yeah, like. yeah I mean, it, when it comes to a game seven, teams are tired, you know, you're maybe not going to get the most beautiful basketball. And then the game was good, to their credit, until the end. But, um, the or, sorry, it wasn't game seven, it was game <laughs> six. But Miami just seemed like they wanted it more. Um, and watching Bam play, man, I tweeted this out. Outside of, you know, AD and Jokic, Bam, to me, you know, he, he's the third guy that I'd want on my team. He just plays so damn hard, and he looked like, I mean, he wanted, he wanted him and Jimmy Butler, like they wanted to win more than any other player on the court tonight. So to me, that was the, the, the you know, differentiating factor between the two teams and why Miami, you know, pulled away late in the game. Uh, but, yeah, to me, they just played harder. Um, I'm so proud of Miami for what they were able to do when, you know, people didn't have that's – a, that's a real team that almost no one had them making, you know, it's an NBA playoffs. They're like, oh, Jimmy Butler says he wants to win, but why are you going to Miami? Like, you're, you're just being a hypocrite. Well, he saw something, just like uh, Reagan said in the last podcast. So props to Jimmy, props to all those dudes that, you know, Jimmy helped build up, you know, their confidence. Guys like, you know, uh, Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero and guys who just play hard. That's why I love that team, man. I I love that team. I'm so proud of them. As much as factual as everything you just said, I'm not sure Jimmy Butler had to build up Tyler Hero's confidence, man. I think he, I think he had all the confidence. Right. I'm not that, but no, you 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 spitting facts, man. You spitting straight facts. That dude, 
he he saw what you what you described is that he saw something and what he saw was that culture and that culture that Pat Riley and Eric Spoelstra they cultivated is that they demand the highest of their players and that's exactly what Jimmy Butler has been searching for his entire career. Um, and the and he found second it. that they saw someone slacking off, you out. That's Dion Waiter. The second they see someone that doesn't want to buy into their culture, you're out, bro. You're out. Whoa. It's on white side, Dion Waiters. I mean, that's why I love that team. That's why I love that team. Yeah, yeah for, for me, I feel like even up to this point, I've underrated the Heat. Like, just from being on here and talking to Julio so much, I, I knew how good they were. But going into the Milwaukee matchup, I didn't see Giannis folding like that, honestly. I didn't. I knew that they were going to try to build the wall and make everything complicated, but I think I had Milwaukee game seven. And then coming into this series, I just saw the two wings that Boston had, and I had Boston six, which the series was the total opposite. But, yeah, man, just hats off to Jimmy for being an incredible leader. Like Julio said, he's still in confidence in all those guys. I mean, the ascent that Bam has had in the last year and a half has been crazy. That statement that Julio made earlier, um, I think I agree with that. Um, the only other big I would probably take is Embiid, but what he's shown me the last two years compared to what Bam has put on tape, it, it's not even close. Like, his versatility is insane. Um, they have two of the best shooters in the world. Tyler Hero is only going to get better. So, And Spo is a top five coach in the league. So, shout out to Pat Riley, Jimmy Ballard, those guys. And, and t- tonight was one of the first nights, or only, not first, but only nights that I really saw Bam trying to get his own. And yeah. what really made me happy about that is that I know he drives the ball really hard. And I'm, I mean, I, I've watched games with you guys, Reagan and Eddie, and I'm always like, bam, drive the ball, man. You're, you're, you're like really good. You're you really good that at that. Do more of that. And tonight he did just that. And what gives me even more confidence about him is that his shot, although it might not be, you know, percentage wise and statistics and all that might not be great. But it gives me confidence that, you know, he, he'll he be, you know, a really good, you know, pick and pop type dude because of his, his shooting form and how high he arcs the ball. It's not flat or, mm-hmm. you know, anything ugly. So, I mean, tonight you saw little iterations of it, uh, little hesitations, in and out, one dribble pull-ups. I'm like, Bam, that's you, bro? That's you? Bam can really do that. So watch out for Bam to even, you know, grow next year off of what he built this year. Let me throw you guys a question. Was Bam the best player in the series, like productivity wise? Damn near. I mean, if yeah. if not, he was close, right? And mm-hmm. I agree with that. Yeah. It's I mean, I saw something, I think I mentioned this on here before, where somebody tried this was a professional writer to a professional analyst, somebody that does this for a living, said that the matchup between Bam out of bio and Daniel Tice was basically a wash. That's a quote. Basically a wash between the all-star, most improved player candidate, top five center in the NBA, at least, Bam Adebayo, and Daniel Tice. And, like, no, that, that's, that's just out of the pocket, man. This dude, Bam, he's different, man. And we saw this last year when uh, Sam Whiteside ended up not getting as many minutes. We saw glimpses of it, and this year it came into fruition, man. The dude is he, he's different, man. He's different. He's different. He's probably the most versatile non-superstar in the league. Mm, that's a hmm. that's a good question. Most versatile non superstar. Yeah, so like I mean, I like we have like LeBron and those guys like Anthony Davis. But like, I mean, would Ben would Ben Simmons be a superstar? No. So yeah, 
I think you're one and two though. Yeah, no, I, I definitely see that. Um, and I think that this is really the reason that um, Miami had such a good advantage over Boston this series, even though it was pretty close throughout. Um, Boston seemingly, and it's funny because we talked about how Boston didn't have a center going to the season or, or didn't have a good one at least, and how it might catch up to them. And throughout the season, like they made up for it pretty well, but it really came back to bite them in this series because Daniel Tice was fouling left and right like crazy. They were trying to play Enos Cantor minutes, but I mean, you can't play Cantor in the playoffs. I feel like people know this by now. But and he, and he, and here's my thing with Miami too, uh, that you know. A lot of people going, or not even just going into the season, just even midway through the season, uh, when, when I really saw something special in Miami, you know, I really saw their scoring ability and, you know, their ability to just play in so many different ways. You know, I really saw something special there when a lot of people just assumed, oh, they only have Jimmy Butler on offense. Who else are they going to give it to? They have so many dudes and people like just – you know, they want to ignore that or they just don't want to give them credit and disrespect them. You cannot underestimate people, you know, want to hop on Tyler, you know, Tyler Hero's bandwagon now. I mean, it can't even play for, the, for them all season. And Kendrick Nunn hasn't even been playing, but that, that's another thing. Goran Dragic, Bam Adebayo, mm-hmm. uh, Jay Crowder did his thing, although he struggled a, a bit in this series. But, you know, they, they have a bunch of guys to play in diff- so many different ways. So we cannot disrespect this team. And credit to Spolstra for weaponizing a lot of those dudes in ways that, you know, were, were really creative throughout the season. I want to flip you guys a question, though. I, I want to ask, and, you know, generally speaking, I don't want to hear from all of you individually, but who would be the top five bigs in the NBA? Because I have a point AD, to make here. AD, Jokic, Bam. Uh, I... I I, I feel like I have to say Embiid and Cat, but I don't like them at all. But I mean, I, I don't really see any other big. Okay. So yeah, I agree with them. Well, man, can we just leave Chris Stapps off that list? I can leave Chris Stapps off that list. Yeah. I'm, I'm very comfortable leaving Chris Stapps off the list. As much as I like Chris Stapps' game, but I'm not sure he he transcends any of those five dudes. But my point is right. Cat didn't make the playoffs, right? We know the Timberwolves are not a team that's ready to compete. Um, Embiid, that team doesn't make sense functionally, right? But when you have a team that's ready to compete, this I think these playoffs show the value of a talented big. Jokic made the Western Conference Finals. AD made the Conference Finals. Bam's in the Finals, right? You make a team that makes sense around a big and that big is talented, that team can be very, very good. Let's not devalue the NBA big because I think that's something that people have tried to do over the course well, of the years. The, the skill, they have to, yeah, like you have to be like really, really versatile, really skilled. Like I don't know if Embiid or Cat can have that impact on the game, even though like they're in the same conversation talent wise. But like the way that Jokic can take over a game, like where you can't double him because he has every read in the book and Anthony Davis versatility on both ends of the court, like. Those two guys don't have that, but definitely like the first three guys he had for sure. And to me, it, it, it's I mean you can you can point that out, and I remember us you know uh, we mentioned that on the last pod. But to me, I mean, I, I to with the first thing I see with these teams is uh, Jamal Murray, LeBron, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Kemba Walker, well, and I didn't, you know I didn't Jimmy say the Celtics. Perimeter-oriented guys okay. who can score the ball late in a game and, and have moves in their back. 
to go to. That's what I see. But there's the teams that are built like that, right? And the only one that, that's built like that and doesn't really have a good center is the Celtics. But to me, it seems like you need a combination of both to be a very good team in this league, unless you just have an overwhelming amount of talent, right? But we saw what happened to the Clippers, and right, the Clippers were their own downfall, but part of it was because the fact that no one, they had no one to throw at Jokic. So you wouldn't give the Brooklyn Nets a chance next year? I'm not saying that because, like I said, overwhelming talent, that, that's still hard to overcome. But if you make a team that makes sense around a big, the, the, my point is that people in the, the Rockets experiment, right, people are oh, trying to right. kind of like not trying to segue the big out of the conversation. But I, I saw an article the other day. It's like the, the NBA big hasn't phased out of the game. He's just changed. And I think that's the perfect way to put it. The, the it's just a different article. It's just a different version of what a big looks like. But bigs are still in, in vogue, I want to say. Mm-hmm. I mean, no, I would definitely. That's the, I, I'm saying I would that's definitely. That's the Kevin O'Connor article you referencing? You said what? The Kevin O'Connor article. I think so, yeah. For the ring. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, like, yeah. I would second that. Like, during, like, Draymond's best years, if we classify him as a big, like, I feel like you have to talk about him as, you know, a top something big. Julio, where's he going? <laughs> that, man, who, that man Julio's out. But I guess, well, let's flip it to the Celtics side. And a couple episodes ago, or a few episodes ago, and I think I threw this on Twitter as well. I, I said that if the Celtics don't end up with two championships in the next seven years, then it would be officially a disappointment. And I counting this year as one. So two championships in the next six years, it would be a disappointment. I'm wondering if you guys have... Uh, the same feelings about their future as well as a franchise or that I can agree with that and I don't have to add a lot to that but I can I can agree with that 100% I mean they you know you have a good coach in Brad Stevens you have a good uh, culture even though I don't like the Celtics as a franchise I'm a Laker fan but you you have a championship culture you have a a relatively good GM uh, a really good coach and you got more than you know you know a few solid pieces you got great pieces so i mean and, and even though you know danny ainge had various opportunities to maybe get an ad or, or you know different guys like that but i would definitely second that if you guys don't end up with two championships in what seven six six seven years i mean i, I would call that a massive disappointment mm. yeah i i agree as well but brad stevens is is on the clock he has maybe another year, maybe two, to, to get the team the way he needs to be. And if not, I think he's out of there. Really? I can see yeah. that. That would be interesting. I want to flip you this question, though, Cameron, because you're our, you're our resident draft guru, right? I've been having this thing in my head, and I can't get it out because it makes too much sense to me. Precious Achua to Boston, I feel like that takes them to another level, assuming he tr- he develops on a trajectory that I think that he will. I think that makes them even more dangerous than they are now. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I agree. I, I definitely think what well, we all know that they need another big, and he's a versatile big. He's another rim runner that you can pair along with Robert Williams. And I think he has some defensive upside, so he oh, won't be getting played off the court. Oh, a ton of defensive upside. You know, such as Cantor and all those guys. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really good pick. I know some people want them. I think they have, like, three first-round picks mm-hmm. to maybe, like, trade up and get Wiseman, but I don't think Wiseman that valuable of a guy to – I was also going to mention because probably Gordon Hayward will pick up his player option for 30 something yeah. million dollars. There's no way he turns that down. He just had a kid, man. Um, you got to keep that. 
I know, like, I think the, I know Vucevic was thrown around last offseason when he was a free agent. Like, I thought, I think that's still a good pickup for Boston if they can somehow swing him. Like, yeah. they, they, they probably want to compile as, as much win now players as much as possible because it seems like every year they have two or three first round picks because of, you know, the trades Danny Ainge made. It's just that he has to figure out what to do with them now because there's no point in stashing three young guys every year. Um, you might as well turn them into something. And they might as well why, go look for a skilled big when they can right now. Why don't they play Robert Williams more? And it's not that he, you know, he's a skilled big. But Bro just plays hard. He blocks a lot of shots. He gets rebounds. And it's not like you need that big with all the scores that you have on the floor. See, I was, I was with you there before this game. I was wondering that because they went Cantor and they went Tice and then sometimes Grant Williams. And I was like, well, maybe Robert Williams can match the speed and athleticism of Bam. But then, you know, he was late for one rotation. I think he missed some other assignment later. And it was like, okay, I think the way he processes stuff right now is just not quite on the level for especially a team like Miami that you need to make instant decisions, you know, like every second almost. It just wasn't quite there. But I mean, I think he definitely has potential. I saw a metric. I mean, it's hard to tell who's the best interior defender on the Celtics right now but I saw a metric I think midway through the season it was it was Jack that showed it to us I think but like Robert Williams was their best interior defender at that point in time um but clearly they didn't trust him in that situation until it got into dire straits and and they had to go somewhere else because clearly what they were doing wasn't working yeah I don't know makes sense well let's talk about the finals that will start Wednesday um officially it will be Los Angeles and Miami you know, everyone's favorite locations, except that no one can go to L.A. or <laughs> Miami. Imagine, right? Bro, can you imagine if these two finals were happening? I mean, A, obviously the destinations, but B, the travel the teams would have to do. That's literally about as far as you can get in the country unless you were going up to Maine or something. But like that, that's kind of crazy. But that's not something we're going to be on TV crying tomorrow about not being a <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. No, but... Anyways, in, in terms of the series, I have a lot to say on this. Um, there's a lot of Lakers fans that, you know, again, I, I say casual fans, uh, that it, it, Lakers in five, uh, or even Chris <laughs> Cam just owned that one. <laughs> even, even Chris Boussard, uh, congratulations to the Heat. You guys did so well, Lakers in five. And it's like, damn. Here we go with the disrespect. Have, I mean, have we yeah. learned nothing at to this point? Have here we learned nothing? We it was, it was. With the, yeah, I'm with you here, 100%. Here we go with the disrespect again. I, again, okay. I'm going to go through this one time, and I want those Laker fans that are hearing me right now to understand this. He's talking to you, Ken. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. The Miami Heat have four legitimate guys to guard LeBron James. LeBron James is not the same LeBron James that you know he was when he came back from you know three one down. They have Jimmy. They can't look at me funny. They have Jimmy. They have Bam. They have Jay Crowder, and they have Iggy. Iggy was the number one option for the Golden State Warriors to guard LeBron. He obviously isn't the same Iguodala, but he's the fourth option on defense now. So what does that tell you? You have so many guys to throw at LeBron. And it's not LeBron's nowhere near, you know, uh, to the level of, of not being skilled as Giannis is. But they're going to do the same thing to him. They're going to try to build walls, and they're going to, you know, if they play the zone, zones are played on teams that don't shoot the ball well. 
you catch you catch the Lakers on, on a night that they're not shooting the ball well, and they most didn't nights, shoot the ball well. Most nights that they, we're not shooting the ball well. Let's exactly. be real. Exactly, and we didn't shoot the ball well all season. It's gonna turn bad. It's gonna turn bad. And if you, again, if you don't think that Bam can obviously AD has a great height advantage over Bam, but again, if you don't think Bam can hold his own, we got another thing coming. And we okay, so we need to be locked in. And seeing LeBron, you know, sitting on the court when all the uh, stuff was falling down, I don't want to jinx it, but I think LeBron might be quote unquote locked in too much, and the team might come out, you know, feeling jittery. While the Miami Heat might come out as underdogs, and that's where they excel. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I don't know. Th- this series is going to be tough. So I don't want to hear any five game talk. Okay, Julio, I want to ask you this. I want to ask you two things, actually. Um, Are the Heat willing to throw all of those dudes at LeBron at the same time at the risk of uh, of, uh, throwing their shooting out of the window? Because if you throw Iggy and Jay Crowder and Jimmy... No, but you're not going to have all those guys in at the same time. So we just switch the hell out of it. That's what I would do. I mean, obviously, it's easier said than done, but... If you have Jimmy Butler, Jake Crowder, uh, uh, Bam, those, those are three guys a part of your starting line. If you have Goran and Duncan or Goran and Tyler Hero, you have enough shooting there to and defense to compete with the Lakers, now, especially if you're playing a zone because it's not one-on-one. Now to tie into this LeBron talk, I want to say this. If this gear still exists that you've been talking about, Julio, just take over the takeover mode that we've been expecting from LeBron at all these moments. And we've gotten it sometimes, sometimes it's been missing. If it still exists, which I have my questions on whether or not it does. And don't get me wrong. LeBron is still the best player on the face of this planet. He was just at a different level when he was in Cleveland. And that level allowed him to take it into sixth gear, something that was, you know, allowed him to be the second greatest player that we've ever seen. If that level still exists in 35 year old LeBron, it's now or never. It's now or never. That's all. I'll just leave it at that. If, if I don't see it throughout these finals, then I'll have to let go of the idea that LeBron is the dude he was in Cleveland, which is fine because he's still a great player. That's fair. But I need to see it now. It's now or never. But he, he, even if he is that dude, uh, I mean, again, like Jimmy Butler's not a scrub. He's not a scrub on offense or defense. So all I'm trying to say, even if he does have that gear, let's not disrespect Miami and act like they're some lowly fifth seed. They're better than a fifth seed. So let's get that through our head. All right, Cam, tell them why Lakers are sweeping the series or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not here to dispute anything that Julio just laid out. <laughs> At all. They have a bunch of guys throughout LeBron James, but honestly, throw all of them at them, please. Like, <laughs> I, I want them to. And as far as Reagan, you know, not seeing that last gear, when I saw what was that last night from LeBron James, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not worried. That's all I need to see. Um, the Heat have had a nice run. They've been this big Cinderella story, but this is over with. Like this is, this is, this is. Whoa, whoa, dude, whoa! You're jinxing, bro. You're jinxing it. Don't throw that out. Don't throw that out. You are jinxing it, bro. You know how bad I'm, a, bro. I, I will I'm, say that the that the Lakers were yeah. one of the 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 I think one of the five worst uh, uh, defensive teams against the three point shot. Catch Miami on a hot night, man. 
Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Jay Crowder on a hot night, Jimmy Butler playing like he's been playing. It's, that's dangerous. That's dangerous. I, I just, that's dangerous. I really need people to understand, like, we're not the Celtics. Like, <laughs> this is, like, one of the reasons why I've never picked Miami, and I've been proven wrong to this point, this is a different ball game. This is LeBron James executive. I am not confident in Jimmy Butler being the go-to guy. I'm sorry, he's a great leader on that Broadway seven-game series. I don't know if it's the life of the three ball or, or what it is, but um, I'm, I'm not. Sam, you gonna come on the pod? You gonna come on the Hoop and Holler podcast for the first time in months and drop that on us? Jimmy <laughs> Butler's not a go-to option at the end of games. Sorry, like I'm just. But Jimmy Butler's not the only person that they have. They trust guys like Tyler Hero. They trust he, he, Goran Dragic. He's, he's, he's not doing that against LeBron James. I'm sorry, uh, he's not getting off like that. And they're gonna try to get them defensively yeah. all game. Jim, all Jimmy's game. cold. Jimmy's cold. And I said this to Eddie when he, Eddie, he, you know, he, he. I said I, I told Eddie this when Eddie kept saying, you know, prior to the playoffs that Jimmy Butler's just been trash from three all season. It's like he forgot to shoot the three-point shot. And I kept telling Eddie, I don't care. He's gonna come through. Just like guys like Iguodala, I don't care about their numbers. I know when it's important, dude's gonna come through. I What Max Kellerman says, <laughs> don't, uh, uh, don't. aliens coming down. <laughs> I want Iguodala I can't just see, but we talk about it all the time. Like, there's been a bunch of talks with playoffs about, you know, like the whole Bob Myers quote about there's a difference between an 82-game player mm. and a 16-game player. And that's true, but Jimmy Butler has led them to this point. But the finals, like this... this Jimmy, different. Jimmy's different, bro. Jimmy ready for bro. Yeah, yeah. You, you can't convince me that Jimmy ain't ready for the... Jimmy been waiting on this moment. He was I'm waiting just, on this I'm moment not, when I'm, he was... I'm not saying he's not ready. I just don't know if he's that guy to I, get them to beat LeBron James four times. I, I'm with you. I, I feel, think Lakers are winning too. I feel more confident in saying, or I feel more confident in this. You know, my envisioning of this coming true. I, I feel more confident that LeBron would maybe not shrink, but play. You know, under his, I, I guess, our expectations of him. Then I see, you know, Jimmy Butler shrinking. I see. I can envision a reality in which Jimmy Butler comes up bigger than LeBron. I, I, I don't know. That's just me, though. That I, I'm one of the. You know, I, I see Jimmy Butler in a different light. Um, but yeah, we we cannot underestimate this team. Yeah, and and I, I I love Bam, but. Bam is well, bro, we saw Bam give Giannis the works, bro. Come on now, hey, we, we we can't mm, act like AD's gonna have a field day or something. Um, I hate to be this person because I'm not the guy that's about to play the Giannis, but Giannis is an AD. That's true. Giannis yeah. is a little. He got a little bit more in his bag than AD or than than Giannis does. But I won't sit up here and act like Bam isn't like a premier. Oh. Like if there's a guy in the league that I would pick to defend AD, it's Bam out of Thank you. He's, Thank he's, you. The perfect, he's the perfect. He's the perfect matchup. But I'm just. What does that mean? And, and, and well, still gonna, but, yeah, but but to that point, here's my here's my thing with, with Bam. Who has AD or who did AD have to who who is guarding AD in, in the last series? Yo, you're talking. There was a lot of Millsap. There was a lot of yeah. Millsap. Paul Millsap. Oh my God. Who who was guarding him before that? 
P.J. Tucker. All credit to P.J. Tucker. You know, he held his ground. Mm. He didn't really let him, you know, get deep into the paint. But where's the where, where's the real, you know, big advantage, the, the height and the yeah. size? Who guarded A.D. in the first round? That you cannot compare them to Bam. Bam will block shots at the rim and he will move with the best point guard, you know, feet wise and quickness wise. So we we got something else coming to us if we think, you know, this is gonna be a sweep or a gentleman sweep. I want to hear Eddie's thoughts on this. I want to hear I'm very curious to hear Eddie's thoughts. Well, okay, so help me out with the with a little like recall of history here, because when's the last time a team in the finals with the clear-cut two best players lost. Y'all? Because... Oh, wait, no, 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 I'm tripping, 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 I'm tripping. Because to me, it's 2004. D-Wade, D-Wade, D-Wade and LeBron. But like Dirk? I mean, as good as Dirk is, I would probably take Wade over him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But like, clear-cut two best players. And LeBron the losing teams. Jesus Christ. I'm I'm just saying like the a clear cut two best players in a playoff series is is hard to beat and that's and and like that's unfortunate because to me Miami has like advantages like all across the board whether you want to talk about play style you want to talk about versatility coaching. weapons depth coach whatever like all of that stuff intangibles you know culture like everything I don't get chemistry like all of this buzzword stuff that I don't even ascribe to that much like they have the advantages in all of that but. You just don't beat a team with clear-cut top two players in a series. And, th- and that's just too bad. That's just how talent works, I think. And I'd love to be proven wrong. But if I'm being, like, you know, uh, uh, um, pragmatic, the Lakers are taking this in six games. But I would like to see Miami just execute basketball perfection, you know, like the Spurs did that one finals year. Like, I'd love to see them pull out all the all the things out of their bag, you know, run, run full, you know, pick and rolls and dribble handoffs and back cuts and zone defenses and all of that stuff. Like, it would be amazing to see that on the on the, on the highest and, stage. And that's what worries me the most. The, the coaching and how Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero just get handoffs off of handoffs and they run, you know, off of screens like Clay Thompson. And it's like, Jesus Christ, they move so much and we don't have Avery Bradley. You know? I, I that, do, that's a big minus for us. On, on that note, man, I do have something to say to Anthony Davis. It's time. He's a center now, man. <laughs> it's time to be a center, man. It's like, I know I've been saying it all year. You're a power forward. You're a power forward. You're a power forward. It's time to be a center because Dwight and JaVale do not need to be on that court. The, the, the matchup-wise, it just does not make sense for them to be on the court for the entirety of that series. It makes zero sense because I'm not going to have one of them chasing um, or, or trying to defend some of those wing guys because you know they'll manipulate it to make Dwight or JaVale have to chase around Duck and Robinson or Tyler Hero. And I'm just not trying to see it. AD, it's time, brother. You 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 are a center for the next... I would give it six games. You are a center. They're, that's not how they're going to do their starting lineup. It's not. And I, would, <laughs> I wish that it was. But... <laughs> Like, if either of Dwight or JaVale play more than 15 minutes, or 20 minutes total between the two of them, if either of them play more than 20 minutes in any game, that's a disadvantage to the Lakers. It's a disadvantage. And, and, and here's my thing. Theoretically, you can be like, oh, well, the Lakers are going to get more rebounds and more defensive rebounds and more offensive rebounds. But obviously, we had one game against the Nuggets, I think, where we got four rebounds total with AD, 
JaVale, and Dwight. But not only that, Miami's not your average team. They go after every single thing. They go after loose balls. They go after, you know, they box out every single play. So this team plays hard, man, and there's something to be said about that. No doubt. No doubt. So do we have have predictions? So I got... Lakers in six. I would love to be proven wrong because you guys have exposed me. I'm just openly rooting against the Lakers at yeah, this point. Yeah, but <laughs> we love the hate. We love the hate. But you know, gotta be practical. I, I gotta be pragmatic. Um, Lakers in six. But I know you said six games. Yeah, so Lakers in six for me. Gee, I'm not. I'm not even gonna lie to you guys. My heart says Lakers, and you know, I, I obviously want them to win. Because of Kobe and stuff, but and, and it feels and it feels like the year. Obviously, the the ending score, combined score between the Nuggets and, and the Lakers was two, two four, which you know that, that's just crazy. But man, man, my my heart says Lakers, but my head, I'm not gonna lie, it says Miami. So what? what which one are you Miami. listening to? Sheesh. Uh. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta go, I gotta go with Kobe though. My favorite player. I, I gotta go with my heart. I gotta. Like, instead of saying Lakers in six uh, in full confidence. Like Lakers in Lakers in seven. Hmm. <laughs> Cam's like Lakers in three. We out. End the show. End the show. <laughs> Hearing it, no, but um, <laughs> for me, my heart is Lakers in five. Honestly, I'm I'm really being nice. Like I can really make a strong argument for my duo getting in there in four and just but <laughs> be a little bit realistic. Lakers in five is what my heart says. My mind says Lakers in six. That's what that's what my mind says. So my heart says Lakers in five. So this man said my gut says Lakers in four, my heart says Lakers in five, but my head says Lakers in six. Are you going to average that out, or are you going to listen to one of them? I'm going to listen to my heart. Lakers are five? So that's a five? All right. Dang. Yeah. I'm, I'm over here stressing, and my only concern is I know he's been great since he returned and everything, but I really hope Miami Heat play Kendrick Nunn because the thought of seeing Rondo chase <laughs> Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero around is <laughs> no. No, I'm telling you, we were already, you know, our 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 quote unquote, you know, top rated defense during the regular season was a large, you know, it it, it wasn't due to our perimeter defense. Mm-hmm. It was due to AD, Javale, and Dwight getting ten thousand blocks per game, and the fact that you know we lost Avery Bradley, you know, we were we were probably better off losing you know one of our bigs, Javale, and not Avery Bradley. Mm-hmm. So, I mean. It's it's gonna be tough, and, and I really hope Tyler Hero, you know, he doesn't get off, and you know, Rondo's guarding him or someone like that. Although I will say, refs refs are you know respecting Rondo, I guess. And what I mean by that is that they're not really calling fouls on him, and whenever he fouls a young guy, you know, they don't really give the respect or the call to the young guy. But it, it's gonna it's dangerous, man. We're in dangerous territory. If, we think we're just going to waltz in there. And, you know, it's Kobe's year, so we have to win it somehow. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I want to say – oh, go ahead. Better than 
it's a big gap. It's a big gap. I want to say one quick thing because we are. This has been a long ass episode, man. But I do want to say one thing. By my estimation, this is LeBron's best chance that he'll get at a title for the remainder of his career. Unless the Lakers are able to, unless they, yeah, unless they pull like something score. crazy, which I don't think they can happen given the the situation they're in, both from a trade pieces standpoint and from a cap standpoint. I don't see how that would work, but. This, this, I, I'm almost ready to venture to say that this is LeBron's last shot at the title. Just hmm. crazy. And you think he'll step up for it, or I do. I think, yeah. I think some part of him realizes that, and that's purely speculation on my part. But I think there's a part of him that understands this might with the with Brooklyn coming up, with the Warriors coming back, with uh, Denver Nuggets possibly taking an- another step. Clippers. The Clippers are gonna come back with a vengeance, right? <laughs> like. The Nets. It, it's not, yeah, Brooklyn's gonna like th- this is going to be a tough league to win a championship in moving forward. This is this is as good as it's gonna get for him. As easy as it's gonna be, as easy it's gonna get for him. And that's not to say that this championship would have been easy, but this is his best shot. This is his best shot. All right. Any other final words? Just be careful. Tread, tread cautiously. Mm. Miami's not a joke. Miami's not a joke. Lake of them four, if, <laughs> if, 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 then your team sucks. That, we love diversity of thought. We love diversity of thought. Conflict is unmatched. And on that note, that will end it for this episode of Hoop and Holler. It's always nice to have Cam on to give another Lakers voice, but also a voice of rational thought. Um, thanks for listening. As always, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at SQR1Hoops. The Twitter feed is already popping with stuff. Um, we're going to be adding stuff to the Instagram as well, like uh, our draft from last time. So definitely check that out. And on that note, we're out. Thanks for listening. This has been the Hoop and Holler podcast.